Welcome to Uniquely Catholic, produced by the Diocese of Orlando. My name is Catherine Laguna, and on each episode, I chat with unique people who are sharing their incredible talents and faith boldly. Are you one of them? Oftentimes, we find strength and inspiration in the stories of others. So sit back, relax, and feel encouraged by these creative artists from across the country. Hey guys, thanks for dropping by. This week on the podcast, I have West Coaster singer-songwriter A-Lob. Thanks for coming on, A-Lob. How's it going? Going awesome. How are you doing? So good. I wanted to start with a true or false question, and maybe you'll find this a little funny, but when I was reading through your bio and looking up some of your music, I ran into some of your photos, and I thought... This guy is a total cool and talented skateboarder. I mean, come on. You do have the looks. I feel like you could do the tricks on ESPN, those competitions that I always see. What do you think? Well, that is true. I started surfing first Ah. uh, when I was... 12 years old, and I also was a skateboarder. So you are right. Ding, 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 ding. Yay, winner. (laughs) Winner, winner. Have you ever done any competitions? Did some surfing competitions, but I still surf to this day. Nice. Uh, But yeah, no more more skateboarding. I kind of stopped that after high school. I was a skater bro at one point. (laughs) I like that. You have style. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the reason why I asked this is because you're from California and you grew up there. Is it just me or does it sound like growing up in California is super cool? It was pretty amazing. So I grew up in Ventura, which is right by the beach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a surf team at school. You know, summers, you're at the beach all day. People don't realize that, like, most of California is not that. Go 30 minutes, go go an hour inland, and that's, like, totally different, you know, but... Mm -hmm. It was pretty amazing. How do you think your faith played into your life, and especially like in California, maybe like a little bit around your teenage years and stuff? Yeah, so I grew up, you know, in the church. Um, My parents are both Catholic, very much practicing. My mom's one of eight. My dad's one of seven, both big Catholic families. Wow. Um, I have priests on my my dad's side. Uh, So we were very, quote, religious growing up, but yeah, I went to private school till eighth grade because I had to, and I didn't really care about God or faith. Or I mean, I was just kind of your average junior high kid, just trying to figure out life, and wasn't maybe angry with God, but mm-hmm. just didn't really care at all. And then um, I ended up going to a public high school. I mean, I played every sport almost at some point in my life, but I was really into basketball. My basketball team at my freshman year in high school was very far away from God. I mean, there was no one on my yeah. team you know, that was like living out their face. So 14, I was beginning to be pressured to start partying, smoking, drinking, all, you know, mm-hmm. girls, all that stuff. I was really persuaded by that. Like, I really wanted to fit in. I really wanted to be cool. I also had like awesome youth ministry. So this guy, Aaron Barda and Jackie Francois was my uh, youth ministers at the time. And so it was really like the beginning of me living that double life where it was like, okay, I went to church because I had to, but at school it was, man, it, you know, it was just foul yeah. language. It was people exposing me to things like pornography and drugs and the hookup culture and all this stuff. And I, I just didn't really see any reason to believe in God. Uh, it was mostly my parents and my grandparents that believed in God. And I didn't really see any young people living out their faith. And um, so I really left the church in high school, very much was in the party culture and really just angry. There was no no reason for me to believe in God. I thought, you know, suffering was too much in this world. There's no one really my age living out their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very much attracted to these pleasures that were being presented to me in high school, you know. So 
my senior year, I was atheist. I didn't believe in God. I, I don't think I knew what that term meant. I was maybe more agnostic, but yeah, I was hooking up, addicted to pornography. We all justified what we were doing, right? It's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not a bad person. Yeah. You know, it's just you're doing what everyone else is doing. And I just didn't see any value in religion. Yeah. Like the foundation wasn't really rooted in what you thought like faith is. I think a little bit about it is that I read on your website and I really like this quote that you have on there. It's I am more convinced than ever before that God is real not just a construct of my mind or something my parents made me believe to be a good person. So I kind of feel as though maybe like when we're young or even in our 20s, it's a little bit difficult to find our own footing when it comes to carrying out our own faith and like away from parents and all that stuff. We have to embrace it ourselves. So how did you come to that realization? Yeah, so senior year, I was just planning to go to community college to do my thing. And I had an interruption, you know, kind of a uh, a moment like St. Paul where you stone off his horse, but I was thrown into the back of a cop car mm-hmm. and uh, just going to, you know, a party and had drugs with me, got pulled over. And that was a real wake-up call. All of my friends at that time that, you know, were, quote, my best friends, and, you know, we were partying together, you know, just doing whatever we wanted, you know, who was doing what with who and relationships. And once I got caught and had to go to court, I really just stopped that stuff. I mean, it really woke me up. And then all those friends, like, didn't want to hang out anymore because I wasn't going to the parties anymore. So I was really alone. I, I had really bad anxiety growing up, like panic attacks. I really think that played a huge role in my anger towards God. I mean, I, I suffered a lot mentally. Yeah. I think I tried to use the drug to help calm myself when it actually was making it worse. So that summer I got caught. I was like, what the heck? I was confused. You know, my parents were like super disappointed, you know. Um, I got invited to go to a Steubenville youth conference. So I reluctantly went in the Steubenville conference and in adoration. I mean, the whole weekend, uh, it was Matt Maraj who saw him play music. Uh, Annie Hickman, who I'm friends with now, I was hosting, and I just had a radical encounter in adoration, and it just shifted everything. And it wasn't anything crazy like vision or like I got zapped or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I just felt a real peace, and I really knew in my heart that Jesus was Lord. So I went home, and it was just different. I started reading my Bible. I started asking all these questions that I just kind of pushed aside, like, how do we know that Jesus is really, like, how do we know he really even existed? How do we know that the Bible's true? Has science disproven God? And, and I just kept finding really good answers, like, from scientists, from philosophers, from theologians, from biologists, I mean, who were, who were believers, um, the saints. I started falling in love with the lives of the saints. <laughs> and it was just, I was just on fire. And you know, I mean, pretty much once I got caught that day when I was 18 with drugs, I never smoked again. Mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, struggled with other sin and, you know, with girls. and But man, all of a sudden it was like I went to confession, you know, it was like mm-hmm. there's something in me that shifted where I knew that this was not how it ought to be. I didn't want that lust anymore. Yeah, it was a very 180 transformative experience uh, that really set me on a path of this journey of our faith, you know. I think that is very beautiful. So then you went from skateboarder, surfer, going through that whole trial and tribulations with drugs and temptation and all that. So then how did music come to be and how did it open your heart to sing about the Lord? Yeah, so I had that moment in Adoration, Duneville, Arizona in 2009. And in Adoration, I just had this phrase in my heart, Lord, I want to sing for you. Wow. And, I've, and I don't even know where that came from. And I couldn't sing at the time. 
I could not sing at all. My I would dad not was think like that. A, yeah, my dad was like in a band in high school, and you know he always brags about his band he was in. He's like you know Afro, like in in my grandparents' room, and like he can't sing very well, but he has a voice. You know what I mean? My mom has literally no voice. She sounds bad. Let's just be honest. Okay, she sounds really bad. What? She knows I love her, uh, but she sounds bad. So I couldn't sing at all. Yeah. And in adoration, I kept having this phrase, what do I want to sing for you? This is when we had iPods. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I had that one that had like 10,000 songs, and I was like, yo, this is like the most songs I've ever heard on this contraption, you know? So I took off all my reggae, all my, I mean, I listened to a lot of gangster rap mm-hmm. and everything you're supposed to listen to in the party culture to like be cool. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started listening to Matt Marr, Tomlin, oh. Hillsong, and I just started singing that stuff. And I just started kind of matching the notes and God really just transformed my heart. Like, I fell in love with worship, and I started playing on my worship team at church. My youth minister left, and he's like, you're going to lead the band. And I'm like, what? Oh so I started leading music for the Life Teen Youth Mass on Sundays, and I was having, like, panic attacks while I'm singing. It was a crazy kind of experience. I mean, it was packed. There's, like, 800 people every Mass. I'm leading a full band, and that really started my worship leading. Eventually, yeah, I just became more comfortable with it. I started singing better. I took some maybe a couple voice lessons, and yeah, that was kind of the beginning. I mean, I started really just leading for 20 kids at a Bible study every Wednesday, And I remember actually this, this was kind of cool. This is the first time I realized that leading worship and me praying with people is like an incredible way for people to connect with God. So I just started going to adoration a whole bunch. Like when I was 19, I was just falling in love with Jesus and and just wanting to worship. And I remember going into our chapel and have perpetual adoration. I think I was just seeing how great is our God. And it was just me when I walked in there and I was just praising the Lord, you know. All of a sudden I look behind me at the end and there's a woman there just weeping, crying. And I was just like, whoa, like it just really hit me mm-hmm. like this is an incredible vehicle for people to encounter God. Yeah. And that was kind of a shifting moment for me. I had no idea it would be my ministry, career, full-time job. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. What a gift and such beauty in that gift. So your artist's name is A-Lub, but I feel like I want to call this next section, can the real Andrew Lawbacker please stand up? <laughs> Well, the real A-Lab, please stand, stand up. up. Yeah. Please stand up. If I so could stand up right now, I would. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about how you got your nickname? So A-Lab started freshman year of high school on my basketball team. When you read my last name, no one usually says it right. And so all of my friends just started, like one friend literally one day was just like, yo, A-Lab. And I was like, what? <laughs> like A-Lab. And then everyone started calling me A-Lab. And then it became like my MySpace name, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, back in the and, day. <laughs> and back in the day, and then it was like everyone literally in high school was called me Alob. The first management team I was with is like, you're going to be Alob. And I was like, great. That's really cool. I think it's such a catchy um, artist name. And you know, a lot of people don't even go by their real names these days. So I think it makes you yeah. unique. <laughs> yes, I like it. I feel like sometimes people are like, just have it be your real name, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. a yeah. kind of cool. It's fun. I've always been called it a lot. Yeah. So it's like, it suits you. I like it. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's get a little bit into your music because two of my favorite songs so far, you know, because I will fall in love with more sooner or later, you know. It takes, Great. you know, I feel like sometimes you listen to an album one one time through, you have your favorites, and then later you find out, wait a second, uh-uh, uh, song number nine, I really love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, kind of yeah. like when you have um, new artists coming out with singles on the radio, and then you tend to not really like those as much when you get the album because you've heard them so many times already, you know? Right. So then the two songs are The Cross Remains and God nice. Hero. So those are two nice. of my favorite. Yeah. So then awesome. I, I think the reason why I like God Hero so much is because there's a phrase, and I think it's very beautiful and authentic. It's, your love brings us peace, turns our chaos into harmony. The reason why I gravitated to it so quickly is because, you know, a lot of times we allow the chaos or maybe even the busyness of our lives to overwhelm us. So can you tell us a little bit about what God Hero means to you? Yeah, actually, that's from uh, Isaiah, I believe. There's all these prophecies about who Jesus is essentially going to be, and it's like wonderful counselor, God hero, all of these interesting kind of phrases of, of names. Mm-hmm. And I always remember seeing God hero like one that's kind of weird, but it's also really cool because we're obsessed with heroes. Like, yeah. I just saw the newest Marvel woman, whatever that movie is, and <laughs> like we are absolutely obsessed with heroes. But I really believe the hero we, we really long for. All the other ones we've tried to make up is Jesus, and mm-hmm. it's just funny how even in the scriptures that he's prophesied as a God hero because he's going to save us from us, you know, from our sin, from those inclinations, from those thoughts that we don't want people to know. In theology, we call it concupiscence, right? This inclination towards sin. Jesus actually came to, to free us from ourselves and, and from condemnation and shame and guilt. So I really wanted to write a song that was joyful. I really love expressing the joy that's found in Jesus and the joy of our faith. So yeah, God Hero was kind of a phrase that hit me in a certain way. I was like, man, I'd love to sing about God being our hero in, in Jesus, you know? So you were a Catholic speaker for the Florida Eucharistic Congress. I mean, what an honor. I mean, it's such a huge thing to be able to present there, right? Yes. Super honored to be there. It was an amazing experience. I was just in Jacksonville two weeks ago for a Rise Up event, which was really awesome uh, with my band. And so I I really love Florida. I love the people (laughs) in Florida. So then what was your message like at the Eucharistic Congress? So kind of just shared my, my story, my journey of faith, and really wanted to emphasize the reality that Jesus wants to heal our hearts. There's a lot of crazy things happening in the world, and there's a lot of issues and drama, and, you know, there's humanity always at war with each other, and there's just a lot going on in our world right now. And there's no other time before where we can see everything going on at all times. So my kind of core message was Jesus actually wants to heal our hearts. He wants to really bring us freedom and authentic joy and peace. No, I think that's really good. And I feel as though, you know, if we embrace that a little bit more, if we shared that forgiveness and that peace, then maybe there will be a little bit less chaos among us, even between family members or friends. I think we can just show more of that mercy that Christ wants to provide for us. Yep, totally agree. So then if anyone's listening to this podcast and wants to follow your journey, can you tell us like your website, any tour dates? Yeah, so my website is alotmusic.com. Pretty much has all of my cities and events I'll be in. I will be back in Orlando for Steubenville, Orlando. My band will be there. 
So I don't have any social media. I've been off uh, social media for almost two years this summer, which has been really amazing. I really was addicted to my phone. I had a flip phone for a little bit, <laughs> uh, if anyone remembers what those are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was actually just listening to this TED Talk, and he was saying like 80% of millennials right now don't feel like connected and feel like they have authentic relationships. Because of the screen time, I got rid of it a couple years ago, and honestly, my brain... My mind, my soul, I just feel so free and amazing. So I really think social media is great. Like it can do a lot of good. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said to follow me first. So I'd hate for people to follow Alob and forget to follow Jesus. I think those those maybe five minutes that you would see, like I'm flying every week. It's really not that exciting, you know, like different cities. And I think that time that you would watch me going somewhere and stuff, I think if you spent those five minutes, it sounds corny and kind of lame, but I really believe it's true. If you spent those five minutes Uh following the Lord and even like just putting your phone down and talking to God, Mm -hmm. I really think it'd be way more beneficial than following me on any social media platform. So that's kind of been the cry of my heart. You know, yeah, you can check out where I'm at, you know, online on (laughs) on my website and stuff, but Jesus said, follow me first. He's, He's the OG. Okay, he said follow me before anyone else did. And so that's kind of my that's kind of my thing. Oh, I think that's really cool. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard someone say that before. Like, oh, follow Jesus, not me, you know, spend five minutes in prayer or five minutes reading the Bible instead of being online checking what I'm doing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I feel like Mother Teresa did a pretty good job. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't taking selfies and taking Snapchat videos in the streets of Calcutta. Yeah. You know, she yeah. she lived a life of, of holiness, and holiness is attractive, you know? Yeah. Well, I thank you so much, A-Love, for coming on Uniquely Catholic. It was such a pleasure to have you with us today. Yes. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on here with you and see all you beautiful people in Orlando, maybe. In July. This is great. I wanted to tell you, I've never been to California before, so when I go, I feel like you should really teach me how to catch those gnarly waves or something. <laughs> hey, just holler, holler at your boy. I've surf lessons for four years. I have been a surf instructor for many friends. They think I'm crazy because I just, like, push them into waves. <laughs> but we can make that happen. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm going to book my ticket for next summer then. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> this is great. Do it. All right, everybody, don't stop this episode just yet because A-Lub's song, God Hero, is up next. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Uniquely Catholic. Catch you on the next one. Yeah.